I think we're at the very tip, the very beginning of an entirely new world of data-driven exploration. You know, I mean, you look at, for example, the fact that I just got this email today saying that we're going to be able to tap into at UCSD had this unbelievable potential to look at all of the satellite imagery that's being produced by this constellation of six satellites from the leading satellite imaging company in the world, Digital Globe, uh, and you know that's 500 million square kilometers of imagery that's each pixel is about the size of this table, mm -hmm. right? Now, if our students can do anything, they can innovate, right? And so what if we start thinking about how do you look at that data at huge scales? You know, how do you compute insight out of that imagery? The things that we can see, you know, you can't get to. Like, you, you, we could go and explore the Amazon and look at the indigenous communities that, that have never been contacted before from space, mm -hmm. you know, and understand how they're moving and how they're interacting, where the conflict zones are. I mean, the potential is endless. So it's, you know, I think it's not just robotics that, that is impacting exploration, but you know, everything from data science to analytics to, to, to you know, machine learning to crowdsourcing. I mean, it's just the beginning. Yeah, absolutely. So you know, that, another big trend that I've, you've seen in, in computing, especially recently, is that you know, we have these four billion transistor mega processors just mm -hmm. sitting in our pocket and they're just always collecting data, right? People are always taking pictures, videos, putting it on, on the internet. You know, there's there's the ability now with just these amazing satellites to get this super accurate resolutions of all around the world, you know, multiple times a day. Um, but we have so much data, right? Yeah. So how do you deal with that, right? That's that's a huge problem. It's, it's like we have the compute power. We have these massive farms that Google runs and Microsoft runs, Amazon runs. Um, we have all this data stored somewhere, you know, probably 99.99% of it is just useless stuff, pictures of cats on the internet, right? Yeah. You know, useless stuff, but you have all this data, right? And there's, there is some very, very useful data in that point zero 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 one percent And And how do you, you know, how do you get out of it, right? And you did this. You did this in, you know, many years ago in looking for the, t the tomb in, in Mongolia, the tomb of Genghis yeah. Khan. So, you know, can you maybe explain a bit about well, how you I took this vast amount of data and, and try to figure out you know, what is interesting in this data? Yeah, well, yeah, so, okay, so I was at Kalashi 2 and I told you about the idea that, you know, we're, we're trying to look for Genghis Khan's tomb using satellite imagery to begin with to locate areas of interest in this massive unexplored region. There was actually a, an area north of uh, the capital of Mongolia, right on the border of Siberia, that was around 6,000 square kilometers in size and was forbidden to go to by anybody outside of the imperial family for 800 years, okay, by decree of Genghis Khan himself. So, untouched, right? Uh, except for these shamans that could go and pay worship to the sites where the tomb should be. So we thought, okay, let's look for satellite imagery. Let's look for anomalies, you know, anything that's on the ground. But we couldn't get through all of it uh, in a single lifetime, really, because each pixel was, you know, we had to look at every single one, right? So we thought, can we use some computer vision algorithms? Uh, I was really lucky because at QI, you know, in college too, there's students from all different disciplines. So one of my friends, Shai Harnoy, he was, um, you know, uh, I think a CSE major in image processing. We tried to do some work there and see what we could find. We tried to do some um, machine learning with Kosistema Tio, another PhD student in, in QI. And then Luke Barrington, who was doing his PhD with, uh, with Gert Lankrete, you know Gert, Professor yes, Gert Lankrete? Yeah. Mm -hmm. They were doing this really cool project on getting people to tag uh, music with games, yep. you know, and to put labels on music. And 
you know, Gert's uh, another one of the explorer groups. You know, he's really one of these guys who just is out there pushing the limits. And I talked to Gert and Luke about my problem, and you know, right away we thought, well, how do we tap the crowd to do the analytics, right? Mm -hmm. So we sliced up the imagery and came up with this process to have people looking at little bits of data and in parallel they would find places of agreement and that would lead us towards a mathematical approach to identifying where the hottest spots were. And then we'd go out on horseback. Well, it worked so well that Nat Geo put it on their front page. It got millions of hits. We found 55 tombs, one of which we think is actually incredibly compelling. Possibly, I can't say much more than that. But then the whole process was so successful that we launched a company called Tomnod. I don't know if you, did you see that Malaysia Airlines uh, yes, first plane yes, right. uh, that went missing and there was this big crowdsource search yep. with 8 million people. Mm -hmm. And we sold that company uh, you know, and to Digital Globe, who's the satellite imagery provider, right. only two years after we started. Right. You know? yep. and, uh, and the fact that you know, we could go from just a concept to, an to a company, to an acquisition, to a global impact of yep. 8 million people sure. within a couple of you know, years yep. uh, is an example of what you can do as a student thinking about computing and exploration. Yeah.